Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 96 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm Dylan Lark, at you boy the tank on Twitter, and I am joined today by Mr. Harrison Tarr. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. I am great. Great show lined up for everybody. Already got to record a little bit of it, and super, super excited for everybody to, to check out some really, really good recruiting analytics, or if you, if you will, good recruiting analysis, rather. Uh, man, it feels like Big Cat Weekend is never ending. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. I mean, we have been talking nonstop Auburn recruiting from the, I want to say just from the jump of uh, of, of the college loop. Uh, and I think this is something that's going to be a staple of the show from this point on, because I don't think we've had a single show in the last like two weeks where recruiting has not been like the main topic. And now we, uh, we, we find we get a guy who knows recruiting probably better than both of us combined. That's right. Uh, we we had the we had the privilege of, of sitting down with Caleb Benson, independent recruiting insider, sixty four out of sixty nine correct, independent predictions. By the way, if you guys are not like familiar with how that works, that is impressive work from an independent uh, recruiting analyst. Impressive work from any analyst for that matter. Um, so, host of the Four Guys Recruiting Podcast, Caleb Benson, right here on the College Loop. We're going to go ahead and head over that way, and we're talking big cat. We're talking big targets. Over to our exclusive interview with Caleb Benson. All right, and now it is my privilege to bring on and welcome on Caleb Benson, independent recruiting analyst uh, onto the College Loop. Caleb, thank you so much for joining us, man. How are you doing today? It's glad to, glad to be here, man. It's, a, it's an honor. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's, our, it's our privilege to have you on. We've, uh, we've been following your work, and uh, we've named you more than once on the show. Uh, about, your, about your work, because uh, you're pretty damn good at what you do. 64 out of 69, is that, is that what I read right? Yep. That's pretty damn impressive, especially as an independent recruiting analyst. Uh, yeah, so we you to get the flag for the ones I missed, but you know, I try. Hey, look, everybody does. We get I, I get flack for shit that I said that, that's wrong all the time, uh, and uh, and sometimes I think my opinion's right, and other people think it's wrong, and they give me flack anyways, and it's all subjective. So we're we're just gonna have fun here on the on the College Loop podcast talking. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Some football recruiting. I'm gonna let Dylan kind of take the reins here, so we can look from a technical side. We're talking right here on the College Loop, Caleb Benson about. The success to this point of Hugh Freeze's staff's administration uh, in the recruiting discipline uh, and what that looks like going forward from Caleb's perspective. Dylan, I'm going to turn the reins over to you. This one's uh, this one's your 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 uh, your stick. All right, and I, I think I'm going to start off with I, I didn't mention it before, but Perry Thompson because I know you predicted to Perry Thompson to go uh, to commit to Auburn and flip from Alabama. I know you know Dylan Dylan with uh, flipping anybody from Alabama, you got a little flack from the uh, other side of the state for doing that, but. So just what went into your confidence level knowing right before before it happens that Perry Thompson was going to flip to Hugh Freeze? Uh, I love this one right here. Um, I think three months ago I put in a prediction for uh, Perry Thompson to Auburn. 
I caught a lot of flack from. I was saying I was the first, but uh, obviously it was somebody. They said uh, Patrick uh, something on a message board. I don't read message board, but they said he was first. So I want to give him his credit. But I, I guess I'll be second. Um, when I put in my prediction, um, I just I was hearing a lot of Auburn. I was hearing a lot of Auburn, but a lot of you know Alabama fans. They don't want to lose anything to little brother. Um, so I, I heard a lot of Auburn, and I was hearing the the, uh, the rumors were true. And I, I went and put it in. Without giving away your sources, Caleb, and we're not we're not here to get you to, to go air anybody out. But what was did you get any background um, as to as to what, uh, what 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 the thought process was for for, for Perry Thompson to flip? We we found out later um, that it was it had a lot to do, according to him, with with Hugh Freeze's ability to develop at that the white opposition. I mean, look at look at TK Metcalf. I mean, hell, you need a better example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think. I just think it's the personality. I mean, you know, Freeze is a really personable guy. He's really relatable. You know, he's messed up. We all know about the mess ups, you know, and he's bounced back. I mean, what what person wouldn't, you know, relate to that? So I think he's really relatable to the kids in that way. Um, he doesn't really treat, I don't really, he doesn't really treat it like a CEO type role. He's more, you know, just one of the guys. And, you know, the players love that, you know, and I'm not just talking about the 24 class, the 25. You know they love that as well. So I mean, I can see Freeze. He really, he's really making an impact. And going to Perry, um, I don't know. I just think it is. I don't want to. It's just really about like the uh, connections, and I feel like he would feel more at home. And you know, obviously the playing time comes into effect factor. You know, he's gonna be able to. Well, nothing's a hundred percent, but sure. You know, he's he's gonna get to play ball. Together. Yeah, he's gonna get some PT at Auburn. You know. Right sure. Dylan, did you did you have a you, you want to keep building on that? I kind of I kind of wanted to touch on that super super quick about the playing time in the PT, if that's okay for you. Right, yeah, go for it. Point. Um, from your perspective, Caleb, and and you you've dropped crystal balls on a lot of guys. Um, we're going to talk about KJ Bolden here in a minute. Um, but from your perspective, you touched on the playing time and, and Hugh Freeze being personal. Is that what you're hearing? Is the most, uh, I guess, the biggest selling point for for Auburn right now? Um, is that hey you can come make an make an impact immediately? Um, we're going to work the transfer portal as, as what Hugh Freeze has been open about, but also at the same time, uh, this twenty four class and, and the twenty five class are going to define his success in Auburn. So is, has it, his approach been hey come share this vision, or has it been hey I mean you can play ball at nineteen years old here, eighteen nineteen years old here at Auburn? I think it's a mix. Um, one thing I don't think one thing's going to get a top recruit. You know they're hearing a lot of these same things from other programs. You know. So playing time, I don't really think that's gonna just put you over the hump, but I feel like it's it's a it's a combination of everything. You know, I talked, I did a Q and A. You know, I got a Q and A coming out with um four star OT, um Zaire Addison, and I was talking to him yesterday, and he was just telling me about you know some of his top schools, and you know Auburn was in there, and he was just talking about how personable and just like it's just a family. It's it's a family vibe. We all know how Auburn is. You know, when you go there as a fan, and you want you want others to uh, enjoy that. And that's just how they're feeling at home. It's a home feeling. You know, Walker White's been preaching it. You know, come come be in this family. And, you know, players are starting to listen. How big of a role do you think Walker White's playing in this recruitment process? Um, I don't know. I feel like Walker's playing. You know, obviously, every team has guys talking about come join me, come play with me. Um, I just think, you know, he's he's kind of the funny guy. You know, not I don't want to say he's a joke. He's not a joke, but. He's like the funny guy. Like, of course, you know, he's the QB. Everybody takes the QB serious. Um, it's just he's – everybody knows he's a dog, so they want to come play with him. I mean, dogs want to play with dogs. And 
you know, that's just he's added bonus. It's uh, it's you talk about him and talk about fat. I mean, two extra recruiters on that staff, right? Fat and Walker, they're very vocal. They're they're showing love. They're always showing love. They're always, you know, the other day I think uh, Walker he posted something on Twitter. He was like, I got four extra, you know, four extra chains for you guys. It's just it's just stuff like that, you know. Guys love that. Hard to not like. Dylan, continue. <laughs> it would have been real nice whenever I committed to Auburn or, you know, to, as a student, I got one of those. Yeah, yeah that would have been nice. They, <laughs> that that would have been a cool, cool bonus. <laughs> it would have been real yeah. nice. A lot of signing uh, papers. <laughs> but, I mean, we also talk about how Perry Thompson, he even went out, he said in front of uh, the media, he chose Hugh Freeze over Nick Saban just because of the, the history of the position uh, at for both coaches and Tar, you brought DK Metcalf. I'll also raise you the fact that he made Laquan Treadwell a first round wide receiver. And of course, AJ Brown as well. Uh, yeah. Just guys that are just dogs in the NFL. And like, I think I said last episode, you get to two Ole Miss guys when you rank NFL wide receivers before you see an Alabama wide receiver uh, when you're ranking best to worst wide receivers. And just cause that's just, that's just how good AJ Brown and DK Metcalf are and were at Ole Miss. And you think about like recruits like Perry Thompson, you think about recruits like Demarcus Riddick. Another big name has come to mind. Just a guy that we have been nonstop talking about because he's the biggest name in the recruiting recruiting world right now, because he is also looking at schools like Auburn, Georgia, and Florida State. And that's KJ Bolden. Wow, that's the, you I'm gonna say that. I didn't know that. KJ Bolden. Wow. <laughs> I wonder who that is. But yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> I guess that's all we've been talking about since Saturday, right? Saturday. It's waiting on the domino to uh, play, right? I mean, Kojo Bolden, uh, I don't know. All right, so, so sorry. So, Sunday, Saturday night. Saturday night. What I heard I heard a lot of things about how the vision went. I heard he was a silent commit. I heard he was close to committing. You know, I heard a lot of conflicting things. I heard he was basically an Auburn lock. And then you go to Sunday, you know, I'm still hearing same type things. And then we get to Monday. Now, you know, it's a, it's a lot of different things I'm hearing. Uh, as of right now, I'm still hearing Auburn, though. I'm hearing, I'm hearing the FSU. I hear a little bit of Georgia. I don't hear as much as FSU. But I still hear Auburn is, is there, and I'm sticking with my prediction. I currently haven't predicted Auburn. I think I did last week. That's where I have them right now. So we'll find out about KJ Bolden uh, on let's see, today's Wednesday, the Saturday, the fifth of, of yeah. August, um, barring uh, something else popping up earlier. And we talk all the time. Whatever is the right time for these recruits is the right time for them. We're happy for them regardless. Uh, I, I am with you a little bit there, Kill. I, I think it's Auburn, Florida State. Um, how important? I do is- stay in mind. You know, Florida State was his dream school growing up. It was his dream school. He's taking the most visits to Florida State. Uh, he really likes the staff there. I would say right now, you know, as a, I'm an Auburn fan, they have a little bit more, you know, track record behind the um the coaches that have been there. So you know, I can see I can see the Florida State, I can see it. I think Georgia's probably out. Um, from 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 what from what I've gathered, um, is that is that yeah. does that feel about correct, or could they just dark horse on commitment day? I I don't think they're out. I think they're outside looking in, but I don't think they're out. I don't think you can really count Georgia out. Um, I don't think they're in the lead by any means. I think it's a two a two team race right now, but I don't think they're all the way out. If that makes sense, and I, that makes perfect sense. You don't have to look that far it's, back. 
Because he's a, he's a guy who wants to play. He wants to play very soon. Um, and, you know, Georgia, I'm not saying he can't do that at Georgia. He's a very talented. He's a five-star. He's a top-ten player in the country for a reason. But, you know, it's, it's a little bit harder at this at this point at Georgia. Yeah, you, you don't have to look that far back to see um, uh, some examples of Georgia kind of st- staying in the race long enough that people think that the, the, the hometown right. talent can, can stay home. I mean, first off, the high school football talent in Georgia is unbelievable. But – uh, I, I, I'm kind of with you there. Uh, I think that the importance of, of playing or and playing early uh, will, will probably play a factor there, and that's probably uh, combined with the fact that, honestly, I'm just now learning Florida State was his dream school growing up. I apologize to the viewers of the loop for not doing my due diligence <laughs> knowing that. Uh, but uh, that certainly makes things interesting. If, if, if Auburn were to land the commitment of, of K.J. Bolton, how close are they to rounding out the, I guess, splash commitments, if you want to call them that? Um, in, in, in this class, there's a couple other, couple other names we're hearing float around. Uh, how close is, is Auburn to getting to the point where this class is going to be what it looks like? I'm not gonna lie. I think this class can be a top 10 class from some of the guys I'm hearing, you know, Cam Franklin, TJ Lindsay, Bradley Shaw. Um, you know, I know we want to add probably one, one more running back. I'm not really sure who we will get, but I know we'll probably get a four-star, one of the guys. It's a couple guys on the top of my head I, I can't really remember. Um, but this class is going to be pretty good. It's going to be – I think it's going to be top ten. I think we're around like the – around 16, 17, 18 area. But I, I think at L and top ten. In that ballpark, depending on where you look. Um, Dylan, continue, my man. I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, Auburn is now ranked 18th in the country because South Carolina had a little bit of a jump after picking up Dylan Stewart. Uh, which that's what happens when you pick up one of the best players in the country. Uh, and talk about KJ Bolden and how he commits on, on Saturday and picking between Auburn and Florida state, which is a very interesting thing because Jalewis Solomon is also committing on Saturday and he's also looking at Auburn and Florida state, but he's also got South Carolina also in the mix as well. So just what, what are your thoughts on Jalewis Solomon right now? And if you're hearing anything about him. Uh, fortunately, I'm, I'm hearing South Carolina right now. I'm hearing South. <laughs> yeah, so when we talk about KJ Bolton committing on Saturday, we also have Julius Solomon committing on Saturday, a guy who, when you talk about, like, guy who's looking at both Auburn and Florida State, Julius Solomon's doing that too, but he's also looking at South Carolina. So yeah. I was just going to ask you just your thoughts on Julius Solomon because he's committing the same day as KJ Bolton. Um, I, I think he to uh, South Carolina. Um, I don't. I haven't really heard any other buzz from any other schools. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, I, I'm not going to put a prediction out on them because I've just heard South Carolina, but I'm not. I'm not sure to be honest with you. Sure. What people, what Shane Beamer is selling, people are buying. Uh, yeah, sure. so. I can speak on that though, if you would like. Go ahead. By all means, all we got you. We love <laughs> guys, love, guys love um Shane Beamer. Like he's really. You know he's a really great he's a great coach. You know I feel like he's 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 had enough success where he can he can bring in a little success. You know like you're the missing piece. He help, he also hasn't got over the hump, but you know he's a great he's a great uh, salesman. He's had a little success beating Clemson. You know how they haven't done that in a very long time. So you know guys are really getting buying in it and wanting to go play for him. Yeah, I think the, the ultimate recruiting tactic is, is to have him winning football, right? And uh, you, you beat Clemson in Tennessee, and people are gonna look. People are going to pay, no, pay, pay attention, especially with the year that Tennessee had last year. Um, so I guess kind of to, that, to that point, um, Dylan, I'm sorry that I cut you off. 
Oh, I was about to say, it, it's interesting when you're looking at Shane Beamer and never really getting over the hump. You also said the same thing for Mike Norvell, and I guess you can kind of say it for Hugh Freeze right now. Just looking at three guys who are really just getting recruits to buy into what they're selling right. without really having the success of like a Kirby Smart, a Nick Saban, a you see Ryan it's, Day. It's working. Yeah. It's real. I guess kind of that point, I kind of, I kind of want to speak on the, on the culture side. Uh, of, of things um and and i'll kind of take it away from the head coaching position um to to the whole the staff is in its entirety i'm curious curious to get your thoughts it, it takes a village to recruit uh, a platform like this and regardless but when you're selling recruits on on a new system uh, on, on a new new coaching staff or for that for that matter like a like a shane beamer or, or like a mike norvell that has not quite gotten to a point where you're like yeah damn this is a really competitive football team every single year right uh, yeah, you have to have the right pieces in the right places. What do you hear? What are like the most common, uh, I guess, points of reference that you hear people talking about in terms of guys on the staff? And it's probably a layup answer uh, for Hugh Freeze that, that are that are doing a great job uh, selling Hugh Freeze's vision and selling Auburn as a whole. Can you say it one more time? I'm not bad. No, you're good, man. Uh, I, the, the answers are probably going to be like uh, Trevon Reed and and kind of like Williams, but you know, who's the guys that? Who's the guys that's sticking out, you know, in the recruitment? Yeah, yes. it's it's definitely Trevon Reed, Zach Etheridge. You know, he's I think he was the um him and Cadillac were the only two that were retained on the staff, the previous staff. Zach Etheridge, everybody loves Zach Etheridge. I mean, I, I don't think he gets enough credit. I think uh Cadillac and Trevon get a lot of credit, but I think Zach Etheridge, he's you know, you never really complain about D B recruiting. You know, it's always pretty good under yeah. Zach. You never complain about running back recruitment. That's really the only thing you don't really complain about. Um, so those two, uh, Trevon, I think he 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 really does a little bit of a, a little bit of it all. Um, he's really, you know, everybody loves him. He he um he has big ties in uh, Louisiana. You know, he he's just I, he's a player's coach. You know, I mean, what can you say about him? He everybody loves him. I haven't talked to one recruit that doesn't like Trevon Reed. There you go. So, uh, T. Reed doing exactly what we, we expected Trevon to be uh, to be continuing. Uh, really, those three guys were the shining spots on the Harson administration. Can you imagine if Harson would have them? <laughs> yeah, like out of the, out of the um all the coaches, you know, you'll see Trevon with the you know the more hip clothing. You know, he's more you know relatable to the youth. I you know some coaches are not some coaches can't do that, but he's he's like I guess just one of the guys. And that's got to be a selling point, right? Yeah, being able to relate to to the guys that are that are recruiting you is is, is everything. Um, and there's that, 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 like I said, it's a bit of a layup question, but uh, so something important to to, to note. I mean, uh, people are giving Hugh Freeze a ton of credit, deservingly so. Uh, but but it's it's important to remember the guys that are also in the trenches. Whenever you hear the closers are in the building, the implication there is Trevon Reed, Zach Etheridge, and Cadillac Williams have entered a conversation with a recruit that they think they're close on. All right, uh, Dylan. And you bring up uh, just the team all just being boys together and, you know, your football team is like, is like, are like all your brothers all at once, but you've actually predicted a brother to join his older brother at Auburn as well with Jacaleb Falk in 2025. Yeah. I like the little connection I did there. So what goes into it? it how much does family play a part into you know, predicting where a guy's going to go, especially in Jacaleb Fox uh, and, and where he is. And I believe, uh, is it Malik Blockton, I think, is is uh, related to Marcus Harris, I believe. I think they're brothers. 
I think I had a prediction for him as well. Um, I feel like uh, Malik blocked him more, more family, family. Uh, Jaquil Falk, he's one of the top players in the country. You know, he's one of the top. He, he he's been recruited by Clemson. He's been recruited by, you know, just a bunch of big schools. So I don't really think the brother thing. You know, I think it played a little part, but he just he loves. You know, you know he went through his own process, his own recruitment, and he loves. He just loves Auburn for himself. If, if that makes sense, you know, he's fell in love with Auburn uh, on his own accord. And I think he's uh, at this point, he's a lot to commit to Auburn on. I think uh, when does he commit to uh, the 20th? I'm not, I'm not certain, but I think it's this month. I think at this point, he's a lot to commit to Auburn. Though. Wow. That's that's big time. <laughs> that, that, yeah. yeah, that is big time. And he still has a lot of time to think about it, too, because you know, 2025 guy and it's crazy to think about like those genetics run strong. Just the fact that you have a, your brother's a, a five star defensive end, and then you turn around, and your little brother comes up, and he might be a five star linebacker when it's all right. said and done. Like yeah. that, that's crazy to think about. Crazy. All right, to kind of put a, put a nice bow on this here, here, Caleb. Dylan, did you have anything else specific you wanted to ask, real quick? Uh, I was going to ask about some future guys we might be hearing from that you haven't quite done a prediction on yet. Of course, you have more questions. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Because, you know, recruiting is a never-ending cycle. Yeah, it's never-ending. So I'm a, I have three guys that I've been hearing a lot about, but I, I don't really have the intel that you do about them. So first mm-hmm. guy I'm going bring up is DeAndre Carter, a guy that we've talked about can be an anchor of any offensive line, you know, being six foot four, 340 pounds. All right. So what, what have you been hearing about DeAndre Carter, and especially with the thought that Auburn has never really been the team to go to California, let right. alone modern day, and recruit the number one interior offensive lineman in the country and DeAndre Carter. So just what are your thoughts on that? And like, what have you been hearing about Carter? I think uh, DeAndre Carter, he took an official to Auburn not too long ago. This weekend he was in Big Cat, you know, and it, and it really speaks volumes. He came to Big Cat on his own accord. It was not an official visit. So, you know, he's coming all the way from California just because he wants to come check out Auburn. You know, it, you know, his family's paying for that. So I think that speaks big time to how much, how interested he is in Auburn. Um, I have a prediction coming out for him soon, but I think, you know, uh, you know where it's going to be, too. So, <laughs> right on. Right on. Well, if you want, hey, if you want to come drop it on the show, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're, I, we're, I got a few, I got a few for the end, you know, that I could drop, you know, on here. <laughs> hey, that, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We're, we're all about it, man. Um, don't, don't keep going. There's a couple more. All right. And, uh, going up next, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, IMG going from uh, one huge high school team to another huge. Right maybe even bigger than modern yeah. day is IMG and TJ Lindsay, a four-star defensive lineman that's been getting a lot of traction with Auburn. So just what are your thoughts on TJ Lindsay and his uh, potential commitment to the Auburn Tigers? Yeah, I think he went, I think he visited um, Auburn on Monday, him and Cam uh, Franklin from Mississippi. I think they're both, uh, um, I, I can see TJ at Auburn. I'm not really ready to put a prediction for him. I'm not really ready uh, to put a prediction for Cam Franklin, but I can see TJ Elvin. Yeah, you bring up Cam Camarian Franklin, and we talked about him on the last episode, just how much of a – we talk about, like, K.J. Bolden, where I think Tar was very adamant on the, uh, having a little crystal ball prediction for K.J. Bolden. But what, what, looking at Camarian Franklin, like, it seems like it's a bit of a stretch right now to call him an Auburn lock or even like a, like a soon-to-be Auburn commit at all. Because I think he's still very early on in, in his process, and I think he still has a lot of schools to look at. I think it's Miami, 
I know Ole Miss is on there, and I think A and M are all the all, all his like top schools that I've been hearing the most about with him. Right. But I mean, just what does Auburn need to do to really hammer in that Camarion Franklin should you know come come to Auburn? I feel like uh, they made up a lot of ground um, when they got him to visit on Monday. You know, they wanted him to come for Big Cat. He wasn't able to make it. I think he visited uh, Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Did he? I think he visited Tennessee. Um, they made a lot of ground. I heard very all positive reviews on Monday. You know, that's when he got a lot of buzz on him on Monday. But I think if they, you know, if they get him, you know, for a game, they can, you know, get that commitment. Yeah, and. Uh... And that, that'd be huge if Auburn was to get yet another five star in the class of 2024. But and, and now, that make, every five star ever, by the way, Dylan has <laughs> convinced himself that every five star in the class of 24 and 25 is coming off. So. Dylan Riola, that would be nice. <laughs> but so I, I brought up, you know, uh, IMG, I brought up modern day, but a huge part of recruiting is recruiting in the state. And Auburn has found it very difficult to even come in second, third, or fourth in the state of Alabama in the last few years in terms of recruiting. And now you're hearing about, you know, Jamarian Burnett, you know, Fat Burnett. You have Perry Thompson. Uh, you had Cam Coleman, who was very close to considering Auburn as well until A&M really hammered home how much they wanted him. Just all these guys are really setting in the fact that they, that they are considering Auburn as a real-time landing place. And so we have not gotten the last two coaching staffs. Uh, and we're looking at, if you go to Hoover, a, a school that Auburn has been fairly good at recruiting from, uh, the last guy I remember vividly coming from Hoover is Shedrick Jackson. Uh, there's probably some other ones mixed in there. But Bradley Shaw, the linebacker, four, Sorry. Yeah, four-star four linebacker out of Hoover, Bradley Shaw. And just what have you been hearing about him and, uh, and just being in-state, how much does that help with in Auburn's case? Uh, his recruitment has been a little bit more, you know, uh, tight vest. Um, I, I heard he liked Auburn. You know, he, he likes Auburn. You know, if I had to pick one school right now, I would pick Auburn right now for him. It's a little buzz for him to Auburn. But if I had to pick right now, I would definitely pick Auburn for Bradley Shaw, the linebacker out of Hoover. A lot of, lot of, lot of Auburn uh, rumors and, and a lot of Auburn buzz. It really speaks to, I guess, my, my kind of – can I put a bow on this now, Dylan? Is that okay? I don't yeah, I'll, I'll throw in some basketball. Are there any are any potential Auburn basketball commits coming? That's a freeze question, dude. <laughs> Everybody me to say Flurry to Auburn. I I just can't do it. Um, I've had Duke. I think for two months right now. I I still been hearing Duke. Um, I'm not hearing as much Kansas anymore. You know, if they that you know you guys that is a win. I'm not really hearing Kansas. And I'm still I'm still hearing Auburn is in it. I'm not saying Auburn is not in it. But I'm hearing a lot of Duke, and I think uh, that's that was his dream. Well, he, three blue, three blue bloods. <laughs> Duke, Kansas, and Auburn. That's right. But, but I will say Todd Pettiford is he's the truth. Yeah. He's up next. He's next. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, <laughs> agreed, agreed. But uh, he can do it all, and he's and he's small. It's, it's crazier. It's nuts. Um, it, yeah, he, he's one. I think he's the best point guard in the country. From everybody I've seen, I think Todd Pettiford's the best. You heard it right here first. Um, Todd Pettiford is a future All NBA. That's what I'm. That's what I'm uh, in, in, inferring here. Uh, 
Caleb, Caleb, thank you for, for joining us today. I'm going to put a nice little bow on this uh, super, super quick, kind of go back to football um, because we are right here. Fall camp is here. Report day has arrived and passed now. Um, where are in, in, in your book of, of where you expected Hugh Freeze's staff to be um, versus where they're at now? Has Auburn met or exceeded that expectation? And, and, and are they on track to be able to be a year-in, year-out contender to finish with top 10, top seven classes in the end country? I think uh, if if you have to answer that um, truthfully, it's it's far far exceeded. Um, I've seen I've uh, seen a lot of people's opinions. I've seen, you know, I've heard a lot of opinions. Uh, everybody thought you know who freeze would definitely be better than Harson, but they don't think uh, he'll be where he's at right now at this time before he even played a snap of football on a Saturday. Um, I can't wait to uh, see see how they play um, this season. I think the season's coming up, and I'm ready to see how how it translates to the field. But I definitely think uh, it can translate to more top ten classes. I definitely can see that year in and year out. And I think this year might be on the lower end, and I still think they're in top ten this year. And Auburn in 2023, Auburn wins how many football games this year? Oh, yeah, the Pumas. But that's what we do around here. <laughs> Careful, we have a very I, avid Auburn fan base. I'll say I think they win eight. That's the right answer. Yeah. What did you guys say? I said eight. Eight. I think that's um, really, I want to be an Auburn fan to say we're gonna go fifteen and zero and win the national championship year one. <laughs> like this is college football, um the NCA. Um, but I just see us winning eight and I see us building on that. We got nine wins in us. Yeah, I've been in the, in the eight-win camp since uh, I've had to work my way up. I was in the six-win camp for a while, but uh, I'm I'm in the eight-win camp now. The Mississippi schools are now not on my radar anymore. I don't six wins. Okay, okay. If you make a bowl game, you win a bowl game. You're already in better shape than you were last year, um, and quite frankly, better shape than you were the year before because uh, the previous administration just—I'm be honest—calls Spade Spade did not know what the hell they were doing, did not care to learn what they were doing. Yeah. Sadly. Um, can I say something before I leave? You know, when we had a little technical difficulties, I realized the college loop just followed me. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. I've been showing, you know, I've been following you guys, but no, I was just playing this on jokes. Well, Caleb, let, let everybody know where they can uh, follow and check out your work, uh, where they can where they can find you, and uh, where they can follow along. Especially, you said you've got a couple more uh, predictions coming out soon, and we'll touch base if uh, that's something you want to hop on a live stream and do. Uh, we're we're about it. Let me know. Let me know. Um, I, I appreciate the hospitality. You know, um, check me out at CB1 underscore The Fiend on Twitter. You know, I appreciate the love. I appreciate Dylan. I appreciate Harrison for showing the love. This is a great podcast. Make sure y'all tune in. Uh, appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Caleb Benson, everybody. Thank you so much to Caleb Benson for joining us today and for talking Auburn recruiting. Guys, if you guys have not already followed him along with him on socials, definitely go do so. Um, he plugged him just a moment ago, and I don't have it right in front of me, so Dylan's got the Twitter handle in front of me. Um, otherwise, yeah, I can. Uh, let's uh, let's get into Theoretical Thursdays. Actually, before we get to Theoretical Thursday, I want to ask you a question real quick. So, yeah, yeah we, just got, we just got off with – Got off with an interview with Caleb Benson, you know, I know you're at, at CB1 underscore the fiend on Twitter. But after that interview, just how are you feeling, man? You know, it's crazy you say that, Dylan. I'm uh, I'm feeling a little bit loopy. A little loopy. I like, dude. I like that shirt. Where did you get that shirt from? You dude? know what's crazy is throw the damn graphic on the screen, Dylan. 
You can get your own fuel and lube shirt right there at thewarreport.com on sale for $25. We shipped out our first t-shirt today as we're recording this. Uh, first fuel and loopy t-shirt. These are the most comfortable t-shirts you will ever wear. I'm not just saying that because I uh, to be a salesman. I am not a salesman. I am, in fact, a football enjoyer. And I feel the loopiest when, I, when I'm rocking my Feel and Loopy co-branded t-shirt with the War Report Podcast Network. Guys, they come in four different colors, I believe. Right, Dylan? It is five colors. Five it colors. Is, Even better. Well, it's so you got the you got the heather gray, you have the black, you have the heather black, and then you have the navy and the heather navy. And when I tell you guys that these shirts, I mean, I've had to wash mine several times. Dylan mentioned in the last show that he's got to wash his on a constant cycle. They are legitimately the most comfortable shirts I've ever worn. I'm not just saying that. Um, they look great, um, and and most importantly, you get to tell people that that you're you're part of the loop. And uh, I mean, I would wear them every day if I could. Tell you what, those for whoever our first listener was that that purchased uh, the Phil and Phil and Loopy shirt, I absolutely want you to go on Twitter. And all of you guys that that that, that purchased Phil and Loopy shirts, show us where you're rocking your Phil and Loopy shirt. Uh, we will absolutely retweet it. We'll throw it up on the. Actually, Dylan, we're gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you this, and you're gonna cut out more work for Colin. Um, we'll throw it up on the on the on the on the broadcast for the YouTube version as well, and say, hey, "Shout out, you're looking great," uh, because it's impossible to not look great in a shirt like this. So. I mean, you can't. I cannot lie. It is way too comfortable. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's too comfortable. It's, I, did, it, I I didn't have to go this hard. <laughs> exactly, dude. I mean, I started one more time. Warportshop.com. And, I mean, if you want to make it easy for yourself, just go to the description below. Like, comment, subscribe. And also, it's right there. Just click the link in the description below, and you can get your own Feeling Loopy shirt While you're today. working, while you're scrolling your way down this page, to make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell <laughs> so you can stay up to date with all of the latest stuff going on the college loop. Just go grab your Feeling Loopy shirt. And but, now, you know, what, you know what's been going on? I saw what's been going on this week. Hmm. Fall camp has begun. I've heard that. Tigers. And the season is getting so much hype. And so are three Tigers who are have found themselves on a national watch list for specific awards. And some of them, I was kind of surprised by one of these and which award they are for, not the one they should be on. <laughs> but I'll take it because uh, I guess uh, I'll start off with Oscar Chapman just because I love special teams so much. Uh, Ray Guy Award uh, watch list. Uh, a guy who was the 2021 Iron Bowl MVP, if you ask me. Uh, no one no one was better than Oscar Chapman on the field uh, in 2021. Possibly the ugliest crane kick I've ever seen, but we'll, we, we'll move past that. I mean, it, it was so worth it at, at the moment. It was a little uh, hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have yeah, 2023 transfer, uh, the only one on the flip. Justin Rogers, the DT from Kentucky, is on the Outland Award Trophy watch list, which – Big year coming up from him at the nose tackle position next to Jason Jones and that entire monster of a defensive line. But the last guy I think we're going to talk about a little bit more, DJ James, Dog. the best the best corner on this team, has been recognized in the SEC and has been recognized by being put on the watch list for the Bronco Nagurski Award. And what is the Bronco Nagurski Award, I ask everybody, and I know. It's for the best defensive player in the country. Not only he's not on, he's not on the watch list for the best defensive back or the best corner in the country. He's on the watch list for the best defensive player in the country. And honestly, I cannot think of a time that a DB has won the Nagurski. I can't either. 
It's just that's such like a it's like the Heisman is like a quarterback award nowadays. It's like the Nagurski's like a linebacker award. But hey, the rest of the country seeing the vision. DJ James. <laughs> DJ James is, if not the one of the premier, certainly one of the premier uh, DBs in, in, in the SEC, in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, and if you don't know his name, where the hell you been? Welcome to the loop. But you go on. If you don't know his name, if you're not an Auburn fan, you don't know his name. Well, your quarterback is going to become very well acquainted with DJ James. And the media members who voted him third team alongside Nehemiah Pritchett are really about to learn that that's a first team DB right there. But cough. So is Nehemiah Pritchett cough. But Tar, you know who else is seeing the vision? Who else is seeing the vision? I'm going to say that. Gregorio is seeing the vision as he gave us our theoretical Thursday question. And I got, I meant to put it on the thing, but it didn't say for some reason. So that's yeah. awesome. We'll but Gregorio Duran, 3355, one of our premier, if I had to put a Mount Rushmore of subscribers, Gregorio is right up there alongside Bob Williams and James Barnett. Subs right now, I think. So mine's a 464 way tie. Oh, you right. But Gregorio has been helping us out with the article Thursday a lot and asking us a lot of questions that always show up on the show. Theoretical Thursday question from Gregorio. What if Robbie Ashford wins the starting job and accelerates under this new offense? Maybe having this is the funny part to me, is the fact that he went very specific. All in one one thousand rushing yards and two thousand five hundred passing yards, along with twenty-five total touchdowns. I love it. I love so I love this so much. In this what if hypothetical, from that perspective, and we're we're gonna dial it back here in a second and, and, and talk from a logistics standpoint, but Dylan, in that scenario, Robbie Ashford's Robbie Ashford's going to New York <laughs> <laughs> for a Heisman ceremony. And uh, that is certainly one of the theories of all time. <laughs> uh, I don't know that that's in the cards. For Robbie Ashford, but it is an interesting. I mean, I'm glad Gregorio asked this. We talk a lot about Peyton Thorne. We all presume that it's going to be Peyton Thorne as the <laughs> Dylan. Everyone except for you. Known Fox. Robbie Ashford truther, Dylan Lark loves the thought of of Robbie Ashford having an absolutely awesome, spelled A U S O M E. Season for the Tigers under the first year of you freeze. Yes, I, I, I get that. I understand. Um, Peyton Thorne would not have transferred to Auburn if he did not think that the job was was e- not easily attainable, but quite attainable. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I think most of us agree that Peyton Thorne will be the starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers come week one against UMass. We will see split action between him and Robbie Ashford for sure. But what if Robbie Ashford wins this job? First off, damn, that sucks for Peyton Thorne. Um, because, wow, another year of eligibility out the window. <laughs> but more importantly, we had a really interesting discussion before we hit record, Dylan, you and I did. You ask yourself, I think Peyton Thorne is a is a, a solid quarterback. I, I do not think that, upon watching his film, I don't even watch his 2022 film because no one should be judged off of that kind of year from Michigan State. But we know what Peyton Thorne can be. We know what Robbie Ashford can be, but we don't know what Robbie Ashford's ceiling is in the level that we know what Peyton Thorne's ceiling is. Does that make sense? Yep. You play a bigger gamble if you start Robbie Ashford in terms of you may you may have some bad turnovers and you may lose some ball games because of some bad turnovers. 
I don't think Robbie Ashford's the passer. Matter of fact, I know Robbie Ashford's not the passer that Peyton Thorne is. But at his best, I've said it a million times if I've said it once, Dylan. Robbie Ashford has glimpses of Nick Marshall. Uh, yes, he does. And I ask you say that, and I'm going to say this. And it, I'm not comparing him to anybody. But do you know the last Auburn quarterback to pass for over 2,500 yards and rush for over 1,000 was? Cam Newton. Uh, that is the correct answer. But the difference he might be the only Auburn quarterback. Yeah, I think yeah, pretty no, sure he is. I don't think there's another one. <laughs> Nick Marshall, Nick Marshall could have done it, uh, but he did twenty five hundred in one season and a thousand rushing yards in another season. So. Uh, the multi year approach, I understand. Yeah, so if <laughs> the first quarterback to do it in back to back years, I guess. Right. But the difference between Cam Newton and Robbie Ashford in the stat line is, yeah, we said if he does this, I'm, I'll keep. I'm just gonna pull it up one more time. If he has a thousand rushing yards and twenty five hundred passing yards, that looks great. That that those are Heisman numbers. The twenty five total touchdowns, though, I think is probably what holds it back a little bit from being like Heisman contention right away. I think with that, you'd probably be Heisman like Heisman watch up until maybe I want to say October. Twenty five. To- now I have no math whiz here, so give me give me a second. Um, just that's that's about two and some change to touchdowns a game in the regular season. That probably does not win you 12 games. But if that's just – if we're talking about just passing and rushing touchdowns, not including the, the other work from your backs that are going to be phenomenal, like Jarquez Hunter, like uh, take your pick. I mean, this is just stable. <laughs> I would say Devari Alston, I, I keep going. We're not going down that rabbit hole. Auburn's like a 10, 10-win team. And and under those parameters, that's crazy because I'm not, I'm not saying it's a, not feasible. I'm not saying Robbie Ashford doesn't have all the talent in the world. Dude is a ridiculous athlete. We need to tailor it down just a little bit <laughs> and, and, and look from a realistic standpoint. Uh, is that in the cards for Robbie Ashford? Because we talk, I, I talk a lot and I throw around the Nick Marshall comparisons a lot and I know we say never compare an Auburn, another Auburn quarterback to Cam Newton. Probably should not compare another Auburn quarterback to Nick Marshall. No. Or Garrett, Garrett Studham, for <laughs> sure. But, or Stud him, excuse me. Former starting quarterback at Denver Broncos. Soon, soon to be starting quarterback at Denver Broncos. <laughs> Former Oakland, uh, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders legend. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Dill, you have a higher ceiling, much like his personal skill set. You have a higher ceiling for the outcome of the season, I think, with Robbie Asher. Oh, for sure. Much lower floor. Yeah, and you look at it from looking at last year's standpoint. From the starting quarterbacks that returning in the SEC, Robbie Ashford does rank the like dead last in completion percentage for like I, I I don't know the minimum amount of snaps or throws or anything, but of the like comparable uh, comparable starters, he is last. And he went seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. You know, one for one is not the greatest uh, touchdown-interception ratio in the world. It's not negative, but it's not the greatest. It's, it's, it's just bottom of the barrel. And also keep in mind schematics last year, too. Yeah, you got to keep in mind that team was bad, and that was also the first year Robbie Ashford ever really took meaningful snaps on a, on a college football field. The team was horrible, and the coaching was piss poor. Yes. And – like I, I said earlier, you have a much higher ceiling with Robbie Ashford just because of what he can do. And we've seen it in the past. The, the the era of the stand in the pocket, like pocket passer quarterbacks, I think is slowly just slowly going away. I, you, if you see it, you're like, that quarterback is not moving. He's a statue. 
this this team's not going to win anything because well, the last I, I can't even the last quarterback who was a pocket passer that got a lot of recognition. I God, dude, it goes that goes way back. I want to say Andrew Luck. I was, I was that was the name I was I was about to pull. It was Andrew <laughs> of course Luck. it was. Why wouldn't it be? And I, I, you, was little, I was about to be like Andrew Luck. Question and then you bring like like uh, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, who are guys that don't really like to run, but they can, they pass the ball. They're pass first quarterbacks, really. And pass can. first, but they can move. I mean, Bryce Young, if he ran the forty yard dash, I swear to you that that Bryce Young is going to run a four four flat, just because I've seen him move. And I'm like, this guy doesn't run the ball. Why not? Yeah, it makes no sense. But I watched Robbie Ashford play, and yeah, you bring up the low the lowest of low floors and the highest of high ceilings with Robbie Ashford. But you look back at the past of Hugh Freeze quarterbacks. I mean, when you look at the skill sets, Robbie Ashford and Link Willis are very comparable in terms of what they can do. And and I would say when Robbie Ashford or not when Hugh Freeze got Malik Willis, I think Malik Willis was in the same boat as Robbie Ashford is now. The only difference is Malik Willis, Malik Willis was not as was not a starter at all whenever he got to Liberty. And I mean he played at Liberty and, and he had time to develop under he first did sit out a year. And I look at like Bo Wallace and Chad Kelly, and there's someone else I'm missing in the middle of those two, I believe. Someone is in between. Who is in between those two quarterbacks? Yeah, oh my lord. But we I've talked about it before on way back, and this is like Auburn Daily Show, where you see Hugh Freeze quarterbacks and they are gamblers in when it comes to throwing the ball. They try to make those deep ball throws that they probably shouldn't throw, but they work sometimes. And we saw it without when one of the games Hugh Freeze beat Alabama was that weird touchdown that is like one of the greatest plays in like that rivalry history was the Bo Wallace throw to, I don't know the receiver's name, but the one who caught it over like two Bama DBs and ran in it for a touchdown. The Hugh Freeze is a bit of a gambler when it comes to developing quarterbacks. Like he wants his quarterback to know that you can make these throws, whether or not you should make them or not. I want you to try to make these throws if you can, because gambler plays can turn into big touchdown highlights. And, I mean, Robbie Ashford did have a tendency to make throws he shouldn't last year. That's why he went one for one, touchdown interceptions. But also, he didn't have a he didn't have the team built around him. He had Tank Bigsby. He had Jarquez Hunter. And that's about it. And those are running backs. And most you can really do with, with those two, and with, uh, with the potato t- coaching your team, is – run the ball. And that's what Cadillac really implemented whenever he took over is like, hey, we have good running backs. It's just those two. I swear there was there's someone I'm just Well he recruited a man by the name of Shea Patterson. That's that is a name right there. I I put him up there with John Franklin the third is like weirdest names to hear. Also was probably a small part of the Jordan Tomo Yeah. That's probably who I was that who else? No it wasn't Jordan I don't know who I was thinking of. 2018, 2019. I don't know who I was thinking of. It's that was a real thing that happened. That was not just a fever I mean, Talmu had a pretty decent career. Yeah, awesome Matt Luke tenure. Anyways. <laughs> but I look at what Robbie Ashford can do on the high side more. 
just because, and I, even I think that Robbie Ashford as an average quarterback is better than what Peyton Thorne could be as an average quarterback, strictly, strictly because the difference in their game. And I mean, I've always been a component of you need a dual threat quarterback in today's college football world. And yeah, Peyton Thorne can run, but not on the same level of a guy like Robbie Ashford can. And I even say that Peyton Thorne's not as good of a runner as Jerk Stidham was. Well, I, I, Stidham had wheels, but yeah, Stidham had wheels, dude. He went yeah, have you seen that just raw athleticism off the <laughs> 15 yards untouched to the end zone against Alabama, dude. You can't coach speed like that, dude. <laughs> But I watch Robbie Ashford play, and yeah, you say the highest ceiling for for him is Nick Marshall. But I don't think the floor is like that much lower than Peyton Thorne's floor, and it's because I mean you have to you have to use last year's whenever you compare stats. I mean, if we're going to use Robbie Ashford seven in touchdowns, seven interceptions, we got to throw in Peyton Thorne's last year's stats sure. because the teams are comparable. It's teams sure. that just weren't good last year. Teams that. Kind of went into it. Objectively bad. Objectively bad. And you can't just go in and like, all right, this is Peyton Thorne's great season when he had Kenneth Walker carrying the Spartans all the way to the Big Ten Championship. But you're only going to use Robbie Ashford's terrible season because that's like the only thing. It's like the only thing we have. But why wouldn't you just use what we just watched with Peyton Thorne? I mean, Robbie Ashford's still a tank big speed. Yeah. What? Robbie Ashford's still a tank big speed, but yeah. <laughs> but even like tank found it hard to do. I think last year was Tank's like worst statistical year, I believe. Okay. If that's Dark Horse Hunter. I'm not I'm not I'm just playing devil's devil advocate, okay? Like <laughs> you're just trying everything in your power to make me get off my Robbie Ashford trait and this thing is going full steam ahead. There was an extensive period of time where I was a whole gurner truther. Well guess I've been on the Robbie Ashford train the entire mm-hmm. time. And the only time I ever like stuck my toe off a little bit was when Grayson McCall was in the in the loop for the Auburn Tigers. But after after that went south, Robbie Ashford was there all along. And if he gets a thousand rushing yards, if he gets twenty five hundred passing yards, if he gets twenty five total touchdowns, I mean you said it. That's a 10 win Auburn team right there. You're probably gonna have to cut this part out of the episode, but I'm gonna say this anyway. Um after let's say the metaphorical report card came out on Grayson McCall. <laughs> Not cutting it out. <laughs> I didn't think you would <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just I had to. Is that all you were going to say? <laughs> yeah, no, that's all I had to add. <laughs> okay. Oh, come on, it was funny. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. But I was also getting to a point. I mean, that's a ten-win Auburn team, and you look at the games that that team has, uh, that this team has on the schedule. I mean, I mean, you're going to drop the game in Georgia. I think we're pretty much on agreement. That's like unwinnable for right now. The game in LSU losses. But if Robbie Ashford come out and be on the on the good side of Robbie Ashford, I mean, and if you go in, if that's a ten, if you with two losses to Georgia, Georgia and LSU at the time, you're going into the Iron Bowl in Jordan Hare Stadium with only two go. losses. Here we go, and nine wins. And, and Nick Saban has never beaten an Auburn team that has been highly ranked or has had, I, I want to say like nine plus wins. I've never heard I, that stat before. I mean, I, I, it should be my Twitter bio. Cause I just love talking about it. It's Nick Saban can never be the good Auburn team and a, a team like the Auburn Tigers with the good side of Robbie Ashford that has been fully developed, not fully de- developed, but developed 
by Hugh Freeze, a guy who we know has always been good at getting the good out of his quarterbacks. I think the best of his quarterbacks. That's what I meant to say. Robbie Ashford, the best side of Robbie Ashford is better than the best side of Peyton Thorne. And if Gregorio just gets the stat line right, I'll pull it up again. The 1,000 rushing yards, I think, is very feasible for Robbie. 2,500 passing yards from Robbie would be outstanding. Especially with 25 touchdowns. I mean, we haven't seen a quarterback get 25 touchdowns this season since when. I don't. I don't think Bo Nix ever really hit it. I don't think. And uh, Jarrett Stidham, I don't think hit it either. I think you're really going back to, like, I want to say Nick Marshall. Maybe Nick Marshall. I uh, got yeah, 14 and 12 on the, on the 2013 season. That's 26 total touchdowns. I mean, th- that would definitely be the most. And and I mean, you go into a season where last year you just sucked and the fan base was just just in pain from watching Auburn play. Dylan's drinking the Kool-Aid. If the, you get the best out of Robbie Ashford, this team is a 10-win team who could beat Alabama. But on the other side, this team with a good Robbie Ashford and the transfer portal class that was brought in, I think you could find a way to weird win your way in Baton Rouge as well. I, look, it's I'm chugging weird. the Kool Aid. <laughs> you are you are absolutely chugging the Kool Aid, and that's okay. Uh, I'm just I'm just fact checking real quick. Um, I I think it's Nick Marshall, 2013, 14 touchdowns it, to 12. It is, it is Nick Marshall. Um, I say that because uh, Bo Nix topped out at 19. Jarrett Sidham somehow topped out at 18. And Nick Marshall. 2013, 14 in the air, 12 in the round. Yep. Yep. Wow. 26 touchdowns. Wow. My knowledge. That's nutty. nutty. (laughs) My knowledge of all pro balls. I wouldn't say unmatched, but it's it's pretty up there. I'd say I'm in the upper quartile of the upper quartile of upper quartile of Auburn fans. That's crazy. (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for today's Theoretical Thursday. Great question, um, seriously. Um, and this is something that we'll continue to talk about, too, because, I mean, we've not heard the Peyton Thorne is game one starter yet. And I think we're going to see a lot of split quarterback action against, well, what most people consider the worst team in the FBS and UMass. Um, I mean, what was it? Like, I think someone said, like, two wins is, like, their dream right now. Well, UMass, I, I, Apple on Sports has them at number 133 power, uh, excuse me, FBS team. But you can't trust Athlon Sports because they just throw out magazines like nobody's business. Regardless, they're always in the bottom five. But you know who doesn't throw out magazines like nobody's business? Phil Steele. You you and your obsession with Phil Steele. Because he has the best magazine and he waits until until Portal is over. That's fair. <laughs> or not over, but at least a, a crummy UMass team, and we'll see a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts there. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, anything you wanted to add before we get out of here? Uh, I just wanted to shout out the fact that I'm feeling a little loopy right now and everyone watching should go to the warport.com, go to the shop or go to the description and find the link to get your own feeling loopy shirt. Yep. You can see <laughs> that and the link in the description, but while you're down there, make sure you like subscribe and ring the bell right here on the college loop YouTube. Dylan's going to plug all of our social medias and we obviously love, love, love having you guys hang out with us there. Please give us all your feedback on all your content for the Thursday. Y'all, football is right around the corner. 
You can smell there it. Is live football today as this show is coming out. It is the Hall of Fame game. It sucks, but there is live football today, and, and, and we're going to make it. It's been a long grind of an offseason. Uh, we want to thank everyone. Uh, we're, we're creeping up there toward that 500 subscriber mark, and uh, Dylan and I are definitely going to go get a steak dinner um, because <laughs> you guys are the reason we do it. We love talking to Auburn Ball. I'm very, very proud of, of where this, this platform has gone. Very, very big announcement. I guess not super big, but super exciting announcement uh, coming here. Maybe on the Sunday show. could be on the on the Tuesday show next week. Uh, make sure you guys stay tuned for that one. Very, very excited. Um, thank you guys so much for your continual support. Like I said, there's a 464-person tie for my favorite subscriber. Uh, and told that number goes up, and then that number will be what it is for our next <laughs> um, and, and you guys are the absolute best. Make sure to let us know all your thoughts, anything that you want us to talk about here on the show. That's what we're here for. Um, if you guys enjoyed having Caleb on as much as we did, uh, we want to keep talking, touch base with him, and maybe get something really, really cool lined up here for the next couple of weeks. Um, that was an absolute blast. So shout out Caleb Benson. Make sure you go follow him and check out all of his content. I'm Harrison Tar at by Harrison Tar on the X app. I catch my that. posts and catch my posts and reposts. Yeah, it, it, I, the X just doesn't sound appropriate, Dylan. I'm, I'm going to call it. <laughs> continue to call it twitter um and if you, if you want to follow along on 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 twitter would love to have you guys come hang out over there had a little a little surgeons trent seaborn tagged me in a tweet uh a couple weeks ago and then just a bunch of random people showed up and i think we have some new loop listeners so shout out trent seaborn and to the new folks here on the loop welcome to the loop happy to have you dylan goes out here do you realize whenever trent if trent seaborn commits to auburn we'll be watching him play his first snap whenever we're 28 years old yeah, I'm going to be married quite possibly with a kid on the way. <laughs> we are going to be up, like close to 30. <laughs> he's ready to be. <laughs> but oh. again, the Hall of Fame game again is tomorrow, and it's the Browns and the Jets. And it's, tonight. Love, it's tonight. It's tonight. Oh, yeah, sorry. Tonight, as this comes out. And if you love Auburn football, which we do, uh, you can go shout out some of the Auburn players that are going to be playing in the Hall of Fame game. I think Anthony Schwartz is still on the Browns team. CJ Uzama is on the Jets, and Jamie and Sherwood's on the Jets as well. None of those guys are playing tomorrow. <laughs> Jamie and Sherwood and Anthony Schwartz might. Schwartz is a big might. I don't know. I think Schwartz is far enough on the depth chart. Where he's like, this... He might be there. Well, I think the starting quarterbacks are going to be Zach Wilson and Kellen Mond. Gross. This is the ugliest quarterback battle I have ever watched. But you know what? I love gross football, especially on a Thursday. Why well, I love the Mac. Continue. Exactly. But again, shout out Caleb Benson. If you haven't already, I don't know how you found us and are not following Caleb Benson on Twitter, but he is at CB1 underscore the fiend. And I mean, again, he knows recruiting better than we do. And I'd say we're pretty above average in our recruiting knowledge. And he just trumps us in both. Nothing wrong with average. Also, check out our friends <laughs> over at the Up Tempo podcast and over at the War Four shout out to those guys. Great work. Dylan gets out. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, follow us literally everywhere. You got us on X, Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> TikTok, and of course, right here on YouTube where you can go like, comment, subscribe, leave your theoretical Thursday responses, leave some questions for us. What do you think about fall camp? Give us some hot takes. We will love to talk about it on the show. And if you want to listen to us, of course, you have us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast and Amazon Music, pretty much everywhere you get your podcast. And I've yet to have announced that I am on Twitter slash X as well at your boy the tank at Y A B O Y the tank. It's also right there. So if you want it, go on X and you will find my account 
by looking up at your boy the tank. But with all that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast. (laughs) 